Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know the English accent isn't that great, but it's fun. There's actually times that uh, when I'm giving presentations, I try to start the presentation in a British accent. It's such a great experience. So I'll start to, I so appreciate being here. It's, it's absolutely lovely, this opportunity to speak with you all. And I just love watching the, the students or parents face. Like they kind of sit up straight like, oh, okay. All right. I'm listening. This guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Truly an expert. But then there's, I'll like lose it on a certain sentence, lose the British accent, and it just falls apart. And I love looking at the faces of people when they hear my Dakota voice, this voice. There's like such disappointment in their faces. They like look pained and they kind of, they kind of slump down like, oh, I thought you were smart. Anyways. Back to these three reminders, these three boundary experiences that I put into my life. I still want to share that I get bogged down, even having these things in place. I get consumed by the trivial. To demonstrate this, I keep a worry journal. So I schedule my worry. And every day I allow myself to write things down that I'm worried about, kind of downloads it from my mind. I don't need to continue to worry, ruminate, project do all these different things because I've downloaded them. They're on a piece of paper. I'll revisit it in the morning with my morning eyes because those usually see a little more clear, a little more objectively. So I was going through my worry journal and I found my worry journal from March 10th. It's a little over a week ago, recording this Thursday evening. Here's what I wrote down in my, my worry journal on March 10th. I'm just not prepared for the presentation on Thursday. Man, I hope they don't set up too many chairs at the presentation. As I've heard, only a few people have RSVP'd. Oh, it sucks when they set up so many chairs and like five people show up. I'll have to get there early so I can fold up the uh, the folding chairs so it doesn't look quite as sparse, as empty. And man, we still haven't found someone to do the bathroom remodel. Sucks. Contractors always avoid Boulder County because of how restrictive they are on remodels. Man, I have a lot of gray hair for somebody my age. I wonder if that just for men stuff works. I think my car payment is going to be late. I'm going to have another late charge. I'll probably miss some of the NCAA basketball games because I scheduled the return flight too early on Sunday coming back from Chicago. I mean, what if the Buffs make the second round and play Sunday night? I would have to miss that. I'm not missing that. Just watch. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to have to change my flight, and it's going to be super expensive. So those were my worries on March 10th. Those are the things that seem so important, so urgent, so overwhelming. And now, here's my worry journal. March 17th, just one week later. I wonder if my dad is going to be okay. I didn't write this part down, but just to to share why that's such a worry. My dad's in his late 70s and has cancer and asthma. So 
Next, I don't spend enough time with my loved ones. I don't spend enough time with my friends and my family. I should have loaded up on essential foods and supplies days ago. Such an idiot. I bet all of my presentations are going to be canceled. I need to call my parents more. I really don't call them that much. They've been great to me. And the least I could do is call more frequently and talk for longer. What a stark contrast in the things I was consumed with on March 10th compared with March 17th. Memento mori. Having awareness of death can often be the perspective needed to live a better life. As one Buddhist saying goes, of all the footprints, that of the elephant is supreme. Similarly, of all mindfulness meditation, that on death is supreme. The Romans, the Buddhists, Christians, Stoics, and so many other cultures and people have used some form of memento mori to invigorate and inspire change. We can also do this. Marcus Aurelius wrote, you could leave life right now. Let that determine what you do and say and think. And from again, Yalom, Kuo Bing, the more unlived your life, the greater your death. Anxiety. So this idea of death anxiety uh, creates an opportunity to talk about, to share with you this uh, really cool work, research, book done by Bronnie Ware, who was an Australian nurse who worked in palliative care. She recorded people's dying epiphanies and put them into a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. So in her book, she wrote, when questioned about any regrets that these people had or anything they would do differently. She was amazed what she found. What she found was that the five same common themes surfaced again and again. And the top five were. Number one, I wish I would have had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so much. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And finally, number five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. All these things I'm sharing, it's the same message. Reminding ourselves that we do not have endless days. So oftentimes, what we need to provide clarity to live the life that we want to live, that we should live, that we need to live. So many people think about thinking about death or, or being around death or in cases of working around death must be the most depressing thing. But when you interview people who do, what you'll find is surprising. I think a doctor named B.J. Miller says it so well. So B.J. Miller, who's worked in hospice and palliative care, and this guy was also a triple amputee survivor of a near-death electrocution accident. So here's his quote. 
for those of us who work in the field of hospice and palliative care. It can feel like you're sitting on a secret. Sure, it is loaded, emotionally laden work, but you pretty quickly get a real sweet hit that paying attention to this zone of life is very nurturing. The secret is that paying attention to the fact that you die can help you live a lot better. My colleagues and I are very aware of the clock. We're aware of the finite nature of ourselves, and so we're just a little more likely to be kind to ourselves and to others. And we are a little less likely to squander that time. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.